This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of what is our Let's Talk Arsenal series, the show in which I'm joined by a variety of guests of weird and wonderful people to talk about Arsenal. And if there's two words that I'd use to describe a person, it's this man. <laughs> How you doing, Mike? Good, you well? I'm doing very well, very well. Happy Father's Day, Tom. It's a little bit early. I know that, you know, the kid hasn't been born yet, but uh, but I'm just anticipating it. And and I'm spending my Father's Day with with the son that I, uh, you know, that I that I've adopted in recent years, so. You know, you people will believe you. So <laughs> people, I'll have people messaging me now saying, "Congratulations!" When I found you at the orphanage months. seven years ago, you know, asking for, could I have some more? I was like, "Yes, I will take this one in." He's adorable. He seems to have promise, and uh, and here we are on Father's Day seven years later. Well, as you did say on the Chicago uh, live pod, I am both your son and father, so I yeah, feel as well, though you're I can my, celebrate. Yeah, you're the age to be my son, and you're the maturity to be my father. So that's uh, there you go. Yeah, and I and I am missing a father figure these days, as most people know. So you 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 step in perfectly. Beautiful stuff. Um, obviously, good evening, good afternoon, good morning to our chat box, uh, wherever you happen to be joining us from. Uh, I saw someone ask where the unicorn is. I immediately saw you turn around and look for it. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it, it's over. It's over there. It's it Depends on how the currents flow. Yeah, it will float by at some stage. Um, but uh, yes, I hope you all have had a fantastic day, weekend so far, and happy Father's Day, of course, to those that are indeed celebrating it today. And uh, my thoughts are with those for whom it is maybe a more difficult day as well. Um, but, Daniel Robert uh, thinks I just dropped news about about your family groups. <laughs> well, I, I have recently become an uncle, to be fair. So that is that's something to celebrate, I suppose. But uh, then you yeah, have to I'm, do the dog, and then you graduate to to actual. Yeah. yeah, so become an uncle, get a dog that I'm not allergic to, and then eventually graduate. <laughs> a kid that you're not allergic to. No, I, honestly, I, I'm just allergic to so many things. Like it's, this office makes me sneeze. Hay fever is ridiculous. That I now play golf all the time, which makes it ten times worse. You know, so, Andy, yeah. uh, Andy, who we both know and love, came to visit us in Florida about um, two months ago, and. Like he is deathly allergic to shellfish. Anything that is or has touched or been around shellfish, like lobster, clams, oysters, you know. Do we know multiple. what shellfish are. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the whole chat knows who shellfish are. Um and like it it, it completely impacted our whole visit together because like you, you you couldn't do this, you could do that. We were walking on a path in in back of me, the path up that mountain in the or the hill in the back that it was lined with like fake shells and he was freaking out and started he's like i think i can't feel my my face anymore I was like, so allergies suck i i feel sorry for you. sorry well arsenal don't seem to be allergic to making bids for players um <laughs> this this summer transfer window you see it's almost like i do this on a daily basis now isn't it um and We've put in a significant number of bids. This show specifically, and you know, the idea of this show is kind of sparked upon Fabrizio Romano's tweet regarding Thomas Partey and the potential idea that he could move on. And it does seem to indicate that there's a willingness from Arsenal to completely overhaul that deeper area of the midfield this summer. And I remember at the start of the summer, 
I and I think yourself and a lot of others were very much focused on the idea of reinforcing rather than replacing. And yet it seems like we're going to have to do both um, this summer. Not only are we going to look to have to replace Xhaka, potentially Thomas Partey, um, and obviously we need to reinforce on top of that. So first of all, let me get your reaction to seeing these links with uh, there being an openness reportedly from Arsenal to allow Partey to go if they get what is described as a considerable bid. I, I think that the word is concrete interest. That was the, the word of the day today on Twitter and specifically from the journal that you mentioned is uh, mm. is concrete interest. Um, it's like he's just discovered concrete and how it could be worked into every single comment. Um, <laughs> Critical, crucial stages. Stage, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Registered interest. I mean, th- that's what I like about transfer <laughs> season. I like nothing else about transfer season other than in the transfer window other than the phrases i mean as you know i'm a mm. I, I love phrases that are uniquely football or uniquely english in fact that's you know that's what this is for yeah. but it gets to a oh, sorry gets to a complete another level when it comes to the various stages of a transfer you know from from registering initial interest to tracking the player to you know to agreeing personal terms before the they've discussed with the club which is also known as tapping up and supposed to be illegal um, you know, it's 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 all just a it's a world in and of itself, and it's a fascinating, frustrating, annoying world. But that isn't the question you asked me. Um, I you know I think you have to be open to everything, especially when the players who are being discussed are in their late twenties or early thirties, and you're talking about potentially reinforcing or 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 replacing with you know with younger talent who has the opportunity to to play at that level for many 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 years. Um, but I don't, you know, I don't know that we ever envisioned a complete overhaul of the midfield to where the two players who, when they were fit and healthy and playing together last season, were were phenomenal together, uh, being replaced with two players who, you know, maybe have Premier League experience but aren't at the same level, haven't done it for the same amount of time, and and. You know, there's there's a level of kind of interruption of the of the ascendancy that we've kind of built in this team together. Now it could work out very very well. Declan Rice, I don't think would take much time to acclimate to to his new surroundings. Um, if we think it's Lavia uh, instead of Caicedo, as it appears at this point, to re- to replace Partey if he leaves, you know, there's a little bit less experience playing at the top top level there. Um, but you know, I think I think we need to be open to it. And if it's possible for Partey to leave uh, and we get remunerated well for it, uh, you know that that's fine. But if we're if it's two out, two in, and we're still left with our replacements being either a more forward, you know, a nine or a seven or an eleven playing in the uh, or or a ten playing in the eight, or Fabio Vieira playing in the eight, or our, you know, our next options there being a, a non-loaned Sambi Lakanga or a Mo El Nenny, then then I think we're missing the boat. And if we if we let those two go, who are established and 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 you know really kind of anchored our midfield last season, I think we need to bring, as the chat has been talking about, either three or four in. Yeah, yeah, I, it's it's what I wrote about today. I, you know, I, I said if if it's if they both go, Arsenal need to bring in three midfielders, not including Kai Havertz, who's being talked about as a potential, you know, uh, option in that kind of forward-thinking midfield position potentially as well. It, you know, you'd need to get Rice through the door. You'd need to get a Kaiseido or Kaiseido alternative like Lavia through the door, and you'd need say like Arsenal have made an offer to Gundogan, for instance. Like you'd need a Gundogan through the door. Or- that kind of a profile where where you've got. A 19-year-old, and I don't know if I, – I didn't look. I didn't, I, he's 19. Is Rice and well, Gundogan's well, I'm talking about Lavia. Lavia's um, 19. Yeah, Lavia's yeah. 19 until he's 20. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're bringing in a 19-year-old, a 24-year-old, and a 31-year-old in, if, if it's Gundogan. That profile, I'm good with. Mm. Um, there's stability. There's leadership. There's, there's everything that you need. I mean, you're bringing in two team captains um, in that situation and a guy who – has all the promise in the world and is maybe going to be half, if not less than half the, the price of what Caicedo looks to be moving for. I'd rather Caicedo. I'd rather splunk the money on Caicedo. He seems like a can't miss player, but you know, 
the concrete interest seems to have cooled on him. Saying spunk, by the way, that was great. <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> I'd rather spunk the money on Kaiseido. Oh, did I say? Yeah, yeah. It comes naturally. It is It comes naturally, and it's these videos before. I've had it's Father's Day too, so to I mean, it's a re- what I'm going to have to like put into because if for those that don't run YouTube and don't have a channel, like when you monetize a video, you have to do like a checklist of things that have been said throughout the video. And nine out of ten times, I tick the none of the above box. They, they give but when you I have mic on. I leave it all blank until afterwards. <laughs> they, 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 no, well, they give you like a hundred different words, and you have to name how many times you said that. I don't think I don't think spunking money on a player really. Yeah, I don't think that would come up in the list. I just think yeah. it's a very Mike esque word. <laughs> um, I I haven't actually. Yeah, you know, we talked about the the potential of Partey's exit. I haven't actually asked you like how you feel about the idea of it. You know, from a fo- purely footballing perspective, like Partey came in in twenty twenty, signed for forty five million pounds, has had injury issues obviously persistently since he's been here. But, you know, first half of the season minimum was for me the best defensive midfielder in the Premier League. And then I think as we go throughout the rest of the campaign, I think Rodri edged it across the whole season. If we lose Rodri, we, sorry, if we lose, I wish we were losing Rodri. <laughs> if we lose Partey, obviously Rice, you'd imagine, should that be successful, immediately slots. And I've had a few chats with with Clive who thinks that actually if, if Partey was to stay, Rice would have been more so with Partey rather than instead of Partey. But if Partey goes, I'd imagine that Rice would be the obvious guy to, to anchor that midfield um, and for good reason. But there is part of me that thinks, I don't know what kind of offer I could get that would make me go, it's worth losing Partey and then seeing a you know a player like Rice come in and we then lose that competitive kind of rotational thing we've yearned for in this Arsenal team, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Well, absolutely. It's, it's, you, you didn't, you wanted to push, you wanted to kind of push for competition in the, in the top spot so that you could have first team level players who can't break into the first team and are available for the cup competitions that we played so poorly in this last season because we didn't have that level of player behind our starters. So, so we either had to overplay our starters, Saka and such, or take such a drop in quality in players that we just didn't have what it took to compete, you know, in, in four different levels in four different competitions. So, you know, I, I, I would prefer there be a bridge to the next generation where, where, you know, rice is coming in and, and, you know, you'd prefer Rice to start over Xhaka, and it's debatable mm. whether you'd prefer Rice to start over Xhaka or uh, Partey right now. But if we didn't have to replace both, I think Rice is good enough in either position to play with either person. Yeah. And, you know, if you bring in Rice and Lavia and don't get rid of Partey, that's the kind right. of situation situation yeah. that's great for me because then you've got competition you've got depth you've got the ability not to have to rush somebody who's 19 and only has one year of of Premier League you know top true experience in into the game so I just you know what makes me feel better about losing Partey in that situation would be somebody like Gundogan who we're not necessarily counting on to be our midfielder of the future but clearly is still playing at the top level despite his age um I mean, he's almost four or five years older than you at this point, and that is old. Um, but yeah, it, it's <laughs> I, I, it doesn't make much sense to me if it's two in, two out, and that, and and that does concern yeah. me a little bit. Yeah, I think that's clear for me. If Arsenal end this window having not added one more midfielder than we started with, you know, I think they've they've underdone what we needed. Um, Especially, you know, Charlie Patino, for instance, is also expected, you know, to move on um, this summer. There doesn't look to be a pathway. It'd be strange if we allowed him to leave and then didn't add one more midfielder as well this winter. But we've well, heard and, nothing. And, and if the two that leave are Partey and Jaka, and the two that come yeah. in are Lavia and Havertz, mm. uh, well, okay, I, I kind of think that we can almost feel good about Rice. I'm not not quite, but almost feel good about Rice. So if Havertz yeah. is the third guy that comes in, you know, again, it's almost. It's debatable because there's such there's such a debate about Havertz. Obviously, uh, mm. you know, the people I trust to know the most about him are positive on it. Uh, the yeah. folks that simply look at, oh, he sucks for Chelsea, uh, are negative about it. But uh, <laughs> I tend to believe yeah, the yeah. former than the latter. But I'm not sure that that helps us with our midfield depth and confidence to know that our second midfielder is going to be Premier League quality. 
Yeah, you know, I, well, if you have, if for those listening, that if you do have your doubts on Havertz, it's worth watching our tactical breakdown I did with Drew. You know that yeah. that that might give you some more positive outlook on that deal because Drew. It, it, the, the show's not designed to be, oh, Havertz is great. You know, the show is designed to kind of talk about what Havertz was prior to the misuse of him at Chelsea and what that talent is there. And also, you know, as we talked about before, and maybe we'll talk about Havertz in more detail in a bit, but it's been more about kind of, clearly I have a reason to trust Arteta and Edu's investments because the majority of their investments, the proper investments that we've seen have been positive. Um, sticking though with, with Partey for the moment, we're seeing news today of Wolves agreeing, I think it's £47 million for uh, Ruben Neves to leave for a Saudi Arabian side. Um, it's do, Is there an element of maybe Arsenal should be looking to, in the same way that when the I remember the Chinese league was obviously growing and Chelsea benefited a lot from that, um, I think a number of other teams in, in the continent benefited a lot from it as well. Should we be looking to try and exploit that potential avenue for player sales if, say, a club comes in with a £40 million plus bid for Partey? I'm inclined to accept that. Well, that would be almost insulting considering that everyone else is getting a hundred million pounds. I mean, th- this is a <laughs> yeah. whole, this is a conversation that's, that that's about morality. It's got touches of uh, finance and, and corruption involved. And I'm, and I'm not, I'm not talking about corruption necessarily from the Saudi side. I'm talking about corruption within the Premier League where teams are making backroom deals to potentially funnel money. And, you know, I mean, there's a whole thing going on with Chelsea and Saudi Arabia right now. And, (laughs) and I'm not going to get into that on on the podcast because a lot of it is suppositions and kind of drawing conclusions from things, but it's very similar. I mean, you're talking like, like sponsorships for clubs that are owned by the same nation. Is that what you mean? Not necessarily. I'm talking about inflated transfer fees for players that, that that count towards bailing out of, of financial fair play when when you get 80 million pounds for a player that if you sold them to a Premier League team or a French or a Spanish league team you'd get 40 million for and that's right. and so, and and so you know the question is if if like with China I mean they got ridiculous money for Oscar uh there were a couple others and a couple other teams got money for for those guys uh when they were spending money in in China a few years back it's one of these things if, you know, if, if you can't beat them, should you join them? Um, I just, uh, I'm torn about it because I, I, would I, would I rather sell Thomas Partey for 50 or 60 million pounds at this point than, you know, try to sell him someplace else where he's going to get 20 or 30. Yeah. I mean, that would be great on paper for our organization, uh, for our club and for our finances and our ability to reinforce. Um, so it, it wouldn't bother me that much, but what does bother me is I think you're going to see most of the deals coming from one or two clubs. I was surprised to see Wolves involved in that, but I think you're going to see most of the deals coming from one or two clubs, one of which is Chelsea. And, you know, and again, it, it, if you can't beat them, join them when it comes to this particular thing, it's, it's, it's a hard call to make. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't join them, beat them. <laughs> TJ Assassin says. Oh, that's I, even I, better. I like that. I think, you know, from my perspective, it's if, if say, someone asked me earlier, how much do you think we would get from Partey? And at that point, it was before kind of this Saudi thing was suggested. And from my side of things, it was like Italian clubs being linked. And if that's the case, I can't see an Italian side spending more than £30 million on, if that, you know, on Thomas Partey. I was going to say 20, 25. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was kind of, I said between 20 and 30s, I thought what we would get. Because he's an aging player with two years left on his deal. There's an openness from Arsenal, it seems, to move him on if these reports are to be believed. He's got a track record of injury problems. And this is the most Arsenal are ever going to get in a window for him for the rest of his career. And his book book, the right time to sell him as well. His book value right now, by the way, is 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 about 18 million. That's that's the depreciated value of Thomas Partey with two years left on his contract. So selling him for anything more than 18 million. And, you know, by by those discussions, you could get you could maybe get another another four to to 10 to 12 million on top of that is 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 more profit. It's more, you know, it, it helps the financials, which most people don't care about, but it does help with recruitment and 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 sustaining everything. So, you know, he's still a, he's a player. If, if you can make a profit on a player who's in their 30s, that's fairly unusual. 
mm-hmm. that said, if you know, if Saudi Arabia came in tomorrow and said we want him tomorrow, and I, I don't know if that's even possible, but if they said that and were willing to offer, you know, Ruben Neves money for him, um, mm. I think you have to consider it, but you also have to do more than just replace him with a 19 year old who has a tremendous amount of potential, but, but no track record of experience doing it over and over and over again. Um, so you don't, you'd have to replace him with Lavia and Gundogan. Mm. I don't know and if I've answered your being a voice, you know, so yeah, I, well, yeah. yeah, I don't know if I've answered your question from, from the Saudi element of it, because I really, I I'm, I'm filled with outrage about what's about to happen. Yeah. And it's a little hard for me to personalize that to Arsenal right now. So, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great question, and I don't really know how I feel about it at this point. That's the truth. Honestly, mate, not enough people use the words, three special words when asked a question these days, and that's, I don't know. People don't use that answer enough. There's the unicorn. <laughs> I'm just, I, I was just letting the natural winds take over. I wasn't going to go grab <laughs> I really it. wasn't get involved with the podcast. <laughs> she, literally, she literally just comes in for a visit. It's, it's great. Oh, now she's gone. Uh, um, she uh, she didn't want to talk about this, you know, uh, <laughs> all this Saudi stuff. No. Um, who can blame her? Um, but yeah, I think that there are obviously a lot of intricacies to this potential Partey exit. If it happens, the bottom line for me is that Arsenal, and we've agreed on this, needs I think be looking at bringing in three. If Jack is obviously included in that exit as well, not including. Havertz as well so we'll have to wait and see I mean let's have a quick chat I mean I know you're not one for dossiers and stuff but Romeo Lavia you know 19 year old guy um was really exciting you know um for Southampton stood out amongst the rest I did see someone tweet me I'll probably try and find that while you're talking about it suggesting basically that he's a 19 year old kid still you know the expectation that he could play regularly for a top Premier League team is it there you know there's not many 19 year olds bar Jude Bellingham that are able to do that but is it a good investment for suggested figures of upwards of 40 million pounds I I think it's a can't miss investment at those levels because I mean again you can have a 19 year old and then three or four years later he's worth less than he than than he was when he was 19 I mean Ainsley Maitland-Niles is a good example of that um, and we've seen it time and time again. But for a player with the trajectory and the and the and the track record, I mean, he was he was on Manchester City for a reason. He never quite broke into into regular first team appearances. In fact, I don't know if he ever made one other than a League Cup uh, appearance. Mm. But um, you know, it, it's it's the type of thing where you can envision that he's not going to get tremendously worse. And if you buy a thirty-five million pound player, or if that's what he ends up going for, I mean, he is leaving a relegated team. Um, and he doesn't pan out as your guy for the next six, six, seven, eight years, you're unlikely to get too much less than 30 million for him. And by that point, he's depreciated as well. I mean, I hate to keep bringing finances into it, but that's the way it works. You don't have to sell him for 30 million in four years from now in order to get your money back. Uh, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's different. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's a low risk thing. Um, I also think Jude Bellingham at 120 million at age 19 is a low risk thing because he's just that good of a player. I mean, the risk there yeah. is injury. The risk with Lavia is that he could potentially fulfill his potential, or he might not. Um, I'll just, I that's mean, why I would rather. Chat. That's why I would rather have a one and one A in that position. If if Partey, I'd, I'd rather Partey be the one A, uh, the one and one A. And if he's not going to be, I'd rather Gundogan or someone of that ilk be be the one A, because I don't think Lavia is ready to be. I mean, he's certainly not ready to play fifty five games a year. No, of course spot. not. But to be honest, we shouldn't really be in a position where too many of our players are doing that anyway. You know, we need to be in a position where we're able to competitively rotate players out and sub players. In. You know, if they are playing fifty five games, it's not fifty five ninety minute matches. It's fifty five games where they've played oh, sixty yeah. minutes or thirty minutes. You know, that's what we need to be looking at trying to achieve. Um, Gunnarola says 19-year-old with similar outage to Partey in terms of injury. Well, I'm just looking at his injury record on Transomart. He's had one injury, if this is if this is correct, which was from August 20, uh, 20, August 30 of 22 to October 24, 22. He missed eight games because of a hamstring problem. That's the only injury that Transomart have got on record for him. So it doesn't seem that there's a significant problem for Lavia in terms yeah, of injury. Yeah, but, but, but that's because he hasn't gotten to Arsenal yet. That's where the problem is. <laughs> not, I mean, it's true. <laughs> we just have this thing. We have a pull of, of injuries. But yeah, he started every game for Southampton bar one from game week 19 
through to the end of the season. Uh, he missed, uh, I know he started the first five games as well before he had that hamstring injury. So he started almost every game by that period that he was out with a hamstring problem. Can so I say I'm a couple sure things? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I no, thought that was it. a segue. Um, one thing from the chat and then one thing for me, which is, so I didn't realize that, he, I mean, I, I honestly didn't become, I mean, uh, you know this about me. I didn't become aware of Lavia until until close to the end of the season. I mean, really kind of when we played them, when we were together in Chicago. I mean, that that mm -hmm. was when it was like, this guy is he a, was a baller. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's not just got one one year of experience at the top level. He's got a portion of one year of experience at the top level. So again, he is he is a pure potential play as opposed to Caicedo, who he doesn't have five years in the Premier League either, but he just, I mean, there's just a, a difference. But I think when you think of Caicedo versus Lavia and a difference between a healthy Palmas Partey and Lavia as well. But the second thing I wanted to bring up from the chat is in, it, it's a great comment that that is really true. We're forgetting the Jorginho of all of this. And, you know, I, I honestly was, I, I was, I completely kept, forgot that he was still with this club and, and can potentially serve his purpose, which I fully believed was to be a 18 month transitionary stability force in our, in our club. Someone who yeah. was good, who was never going to be great, who could keep the midfield together. And, you know, I completely, when I'm thinking of the sixes and that if we let Partey go and bring in Lavia, we're, we're still short and inexperienced there. Jorginho, I, I honestly was forgetting about him. So it's easy great point forgot, you know, you're not the only one that 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 that's done it. I, I've been guilty of going, oh yeah, I mean, we got that player. You know, I forgot El Nenny existed for a long period of time. To be honest, well, I, no, I, I, I was here. thinking in terms of El Nenny, but I'm not relying on him yeah, for for course. doing a job in a, in a large um, way. Uh, Malesi says, please stop the Lavia hype, honestly. He's not taking Arsenal to the next level. Uh, we are past prospects. Uh, we'd just be shooting ourselves in the foot. I, I, I know other people hold this point of view about kind of Arsenal need to be looking to get competitors. What I would say is that, you know, this isn't like Arsenal going and getting a guy that's, you know, a backup at some other club on the continent that's getting minutes here and there. You know, this isn't, I wouldn't even look at this kind of as an Ivan Fresneda, you know, type deal. This Lavia has played, as I've talked about there, consistently now in the Premier League, stood out for Southampton, who you should, if you're discounting him because he was relegated with Southampton, I put you fourth Aaron Ramsdale as the example. You know, just because a player is relegated does ben not White. mean that they aren't lacking in quality. So, yeah, absolutely. And I think Declan Rice was involved in a relegation scrap this season with West Ham themselves. So, yeah, that, you, that narrative you, needs to be put to bed once and for all that, that players who played 100%. on teams that got relegated are not good enough. That, I mean, that's absurd. Um, yeah. But, you know, if they got relegated because he was poor, that's a different story. But you can still be a really good player on a relegated team. That's we know. And this that. is where I think Jorginho comes into the conversation because if you add Lavia and you add, um, let's hypothetically say Gundogan and you add Rice, Gundogan and Rice are two very experienced players. You know, Rice is 24, but he's played, I think, over 300 games at the top level. Yeah, that's experience. You know, he's won a European Cup final now with West Ham as well. It's experience. And I think if you add Lavia into that group, who is a season of, of Premier League football under his belt, you're reinforcing, you know, you're adding reinforcement. And that's what we've asked Arsenal to do this summer. And we've also moved towards this rhetoric of signing Premier League players. Uh, Mike, you know, you've known me for a lot of a long time now, maybe too long, some people might say. But I have called for Arsenal to switch from this idea of signing just players and gems from the continent on bargains effectively to start moving towards a Premier League angled transfer strategy. And that's exactly what Arteta has done. And look where it's taken us. So yeah, my uh, my my crying out for that started a few years ago as well. Like when we when we brought in, you know, with the Mustafi experiment and the Socrates experiment, I started just screaming to anyone that would listen. Look at Lewis Dunk. Look at Nathan Ake. These are guys that 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 aren't star, stars at the time in the Premier League. I think Dunk was playing for Wolves, was it? Um, uh, no, before um, Brighton, was he? So I, I forget who he was playing for before Brighton, but but that's when that's the time frame. And and um, and Ake knows? was was basically not getting into games with. Chelsea and maybe he was on a loan uh, someplace. He was at Wim he came through at Brighton Dunk. I don't I think you might be thinking of someone else. Was it Webster maybe or no, no, no. it was definitely Lewis Dunk. Maybe he's I, I don't know. Um he came through at Brighton. Okay. The those kinds of players who who you know he played every single minute, I think, Lewis Dunk in in, in a mm -hmm. season, and they're just they're they're solid. They may not be William Saliba and they may not be, you know, Tiago Silva in his prime, but 
these are guys who know the league. And I think knowing the league and being and, and knowing the competition and being up to speed on it just eliminates a transitionary period that you see with so many players who come from different leagues and and you know some of whom never never make the transition the the Nicola Pepe's of the world and that sort of thing I'd rather have a Premier League experience winger as long as it's not Wilfred Zaha than a guy than bring in a risky guy like like Pepe or or, or somebody like that but um, so I'm 100% with you on the Premier League experience thing and I don't care whether they got relegated or not as long as they're talented and they can fit in to a squad and what and the the challenge we have with our next generation of transfers is they either have to be brought in as a ironclad number one at their position i.e Declan Rice or they need to be people who are accepting of role-playing situations and the two best examples of people who don't get as much game time as they would if they were anywhere else but were perfectly happy to be at their where they were are like Riyad Mahrez and Ilkay Gundogan. Um, you know, that's how you build championship teams. Is you, it's not just managing players and having two starting 11s. It's managing the personalities and the needs. And when you got Sambi Lakanga complaining that he's not getting enough game time and Ainsley Maitland-Niles complaining that he's not playing at the position he wants to play in, those are guys you just get out because yeah. they're not they're not going to be part of your, you know, your two separate 11 strategy that sure. if you can be able to to accomplish that you do. So um you know that's I think why we have to start looking at the personality of these players and whether they'd be willing to to you know to to fit a role where they're they're being brought on for thirty minutes in Premier League games and then starting Cup games and sometimes vice versa and when there's injuries they play more. I mean that, those are the players we need and and um, so yeah I mean I I, th- I think Lavia as a would be a guy that doesn't necessarily I mean I don't know anything about his personality. So I don't know why I was about to act like I did. Um, I, I would hope I would hope he would be somebody who would understand that if if his competition for his spot is Thomas Partey or Ilkay Gundogan, that he'd probably play about half the available minutes and not all the time. Mm. No, I agree. Um, personality and and you know mentality is obviously something Arteta's really prioritised in terms of the signings he tried to make. You know, and they wouldn't be signing players now if they didn't feel as though that was the case. You know, they signed Lakonga, for instance, because they got really good recommendations from Vincent Company at the time. Maybe they might have second thoughts about doing that again next time. But, you know, they, they really do their due diligence in terms of mentality. And if they think that Kai Havertz, for instance, doesn't have the mentality, they wouldn't be looking to try and sign him. You know, they would have done their due diligence on this as well. Um, just before we move on to the next topic, there's over a thousand people watching uh, today's show. So please, uh, please do drop a like on the video. Of course, if you would like to see more of Mike and his stuff, uh, it's very different to what you're hearing now, but he still does produce some nuggets of, of gold. So please do um, go over to the Gooners pods and subscribe. Uh, you can find that on Twitter at the Gooners pod. There'll be a link to the channel as well in today's video of course uh, so please make sure you go and check it out but yeah drop a like if you're new also subscribe we do shows every day at 8am uk time uh, and you can catch up if you're based over in the uh, in the western side of things uh, and you can't watch the 8am show live you can catch up on them but we try i'm trying to do more of these evening shows as well so we've got more coverage across the day and clearly it's proving popular so thank you so much everyone that's tuned in Plus, um, you, need, you, need, you need that big american following and other than me there's no one else here that's up at three o'clock in the morning to uh, to watch those 8am shows so you you'd be have surprised you the, yeah. have you have you noticed the chat is is heavily more English uh, and and European uh, on those eight AM shows. And yeah, of the, course it is. Well, hence and, why the, and obviously those in the, in the eastern part of the. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
worlds as well. He hates America. He's xenophobic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was wondering where this was going. It was just, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we're going to make him xenophobic. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I woke up today about like half an hour ago, right after the pod started. And, uh, and I said, what should we make Tom today? Yep, xenophobic. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. No, if you are tuning in from the US or, of course, Canada or South America, thank you. And uh, I love every single one of you equally. Um, but uh, thank you ever so much for tuning in and do indeed uh, caress that like button. As I see some people, Wes Bird says, caress the like button. It's very much appreciated when you do that. Um, we haven't really talked about Declan Rice in too much detail um, so far. And I think that. The biggest talking part with Declan Rice right now is that, look, it's progressing. We're getting 17 updates that all say different things, but effectively mean the same thing every day. And until, from my perspective anyway, that we we you know we get a real bit of breaking news regarding the second bid, that some suggest it's already been made, some suggest it's coming. I haven't been able to confirm that on my side of things in either direction yet, so I can't personally comment. But the first bids that we can talk about has been described in some circles as derisory, as embarrassing. Um, I saw Tim Stillman put a great tweet out where he's kind of saying that he felt uncomfortable about people talking about an amount of money in the sense of £80 million as derisory and, and, you know, it's uncomfortable. And I agree with that point of view. That said, in the context of football, and, you know, my colleague Kai Karnak of Football London reported that that £80 was supposedly in instalments spread across six years, which if I was West Ham... I'd feel pretty mugged you know, in that if Arsenal came in or anyone came in for that matter with that type of deal. But, well, not even, but how do you feel about Arsenal's approach to that first bid? Because I initially was quite defensive of it in the sense that a first bid is to open the negotiations and, you know, nine out of 10 times, 99 times out of 100, the first bids are often rejected. But it did seem we low-balled them quite significantly more than I expected us to. Yeah, I mean, there goes the narrative that this thing was done weeks ago because, I mean, if it was done weeks ago or months ago, uh, as one of my mates likes to say, oh, this was done in, in in March so that when it is eventually done, he was like, I told you so. And you know the, the bald, upside-headed, <laughs> upside-down-headed guy that I'm talking about. Um, but the uh, it, it's a tough one because I do think that there is a bias and a narrative in the press as to how these things are covered that makes it look like Arsenal's always lowballing, and it and it's convinced a tremendous amount of fans, both within the Arsenal fan base and outside of it, that it's true. Um, as you astutely mentioned, the first bid. I mean, if you make a first bid and it's accepted, the likelihood is you've bid too much. Uh, you know, when 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 you buy something on auction. There's always going to be that question of could I have gotten it for less or or, or could I not have? Uh, and and we're talking about real money. We're talking about like you know if you go and bid 110 and say take it or leave it, they're they're not going to say okay we'll take it. They're going to call Manchester City. They're going to call Chelsea. They're going to they're, they're going to call Saudi Arabia. They're going to do everything that they can to place pressure to up the the initial bid. So it's setting the beginning of kind of a, a, a haggling zone. And, and I don't think it's particularly derisory. I, I think it was pretty clear what needed to be done that, that, that was never going to be accepted. That 92 was this magical number that needed to be the starting point. And then you talk about structure of deal. So 80 plus 10 with the 10 being unrealistic and the 80 over six years, that's never going to get accepted, but that doesn't mean it's derisory or, 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 or that it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, what's the word it, it's, you know, taking too long and it's bumbling and, and, uh, it dragging on. I mean, it's, it's, I, I think that there is a desire to get this done from Arsenal. I don't think there's a, des- it's not like, like ones of the past with the 40 million and one, I, I, the, the club has shown that they're willing to go up. They showed that with Caicedo. They showed that with Mudrick. Um, yeah. you know, they didn't get either of those players for different reasons, uh, but uh, I think there's a willingness yeah, to get the ben job. White. You know, we bid 40 million for Ben White and Brighton said 50 million. So we bid 45 million and they said 50 million. So we bought him for 50 million. <laughs> you know? yeah. there, was, there wasn't a tremendous amount of other teams in for him, though. I mean, it does, no, seem, that when we, it, it does seem that the players we get across the line are players that are just linked with us and, and with nobody else. Thomas Partey, mm. I know there was a release clause, but no one else was triggering that release clause. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. always going to be us or nobody. And with Declan Rice at this point, it's not so much us or nobody. 
but it's I from think the there is something to be said about the the where you are as a club and the players you start to go for as you climb the table. You know, when we were trying to fight for top four and trying to qualify for the Champions League, the caliber of player we were looking at then compared to the caliber of player in terms of a hundred million pound plus deal for Declan Rice, that you know there was diff there is differences. So the higher you go, the higher your ambitions are in the market, the more teams are interested. You know, Kai Havertz has had interest from Real Madrid and Bayern Munich. Neither of them have necessarily moved for the player yet because I think they've recognized how far along Arsenal are and how much Arsenal are willing to pay to get it done. But with Declan Rice, you know, there's not been any other bid. I know there were suggestions that another club were going to come in and bids, you know, the day after ours. That's not materialized to my well, understanding. And, that, and that's, I, you know, I firmly believe that's West Ham basically trying to, uh, yeah. to, exactly to, to publicize slash leak slash create interest from other sources as a, as a way of changing the, the, the leverage on the deal. Because otherwise, if no one else comes in and bids and Arsenal's bid is 80 plus 10, that, you know, West Ham's going to have to accept 80 plus 10 because Declan's leaving. So, mm. you know, they have to do that. And you just wonder how much of it is legitimate and how much is manufactured. So, you know, it could end up looking like a brilliant piece of business from Arsenal. If, in fact, Declan has a sight set on Arsenal, that's it. He doesn't want to leave London. Chelsea, you know, seems to be more focused on Caicedo. And I don't even understand remotely how they have money to spend on anybody at this point. But, uh, I mean, legally, I mean, not not that there's not money in the bank, but uh, yeah. so, you know, the, I don't think it's derisory. I think as long as there's discussions that continue between the team, I think that deal will get done um, and it'll probably get done somewhere around, you know, 90 plus 10 and maybe the 10 will be more realistic. Maybe the, the payments will be over three or four years rather than six. Mm. Someone said West Ham wants them over two years because of FFP issues. Well, West Ham does have FFP issues, but getting that money over two years versus six has nothing to do with that. Right. It's completely and totally irrelevant to that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, let me. I know you you love your finances, and it is, it is something I want to discuss. You know, like ask from an FF from some people's points of view, they feel as though this summer, you know, the Cronkies aren't investing enough you know so if Arteta wants Caicedo and if Arteta wants Caicedo and Rice as his two priorities which we at no point this summer have we had any indication from any official sources that Caicedo is being approached pushed for at any stage there's certainly interest from Arsenal but no one has confirmed by the way that you know we've made we've made two offers so far for midfielders one is for Declan Rice and one is for Ilkay Gundogan they're the offers we've made and then you have Havertz Gundogan or have oh we've so we've made a concrete offer for Gundogan to his camp because as far as I'm aware there's been an offer made to him in terms of Arsenal be willing to sign him you know whether that's a verbal or something official but Arsenal have approached that situation to my understanding anyway so like is in they've kind of thrown their hat into the ring of clubs that would be willing to, to you know sign him on a on on a free transfer. They're the two players we've approached as priorities: is Rice, Gundogan, and then of course more recently Havertz has been added on top of that. And it seems as though Lavia might be the next one we move for. But I have said, and I feel as though this summer Arsenal should be looking at potentially spending upwards of two hundred and fifty million pounds to do. The, the last part of the major spending that we should do. And then in the subsequent summer windows, we'd be adding between one and three players to a point where we get to that self-sufficiency that we've talked about. We get to the point where last summer, Man City made a profit in terms of their net spend, if you like, you know. But so, I get the sense that maybe there are still restrictions but is it right that there are restrictions or if you're aware of, or you can work it out from, because I know you look at the details of the finances, are there restrictions on what Arsenal can spend from what you've seen? Well, no, not from a from a legal or an FFP standpoint or or any of that. It's just it, it's it, it's back to kind of the Cronkies deciding what they want to you know how much they want to invest. Do they want to become self sufficient now, or do they want to wait until they've got Champions League money for a few years? Do they want to ensure that they're competing for titles? And and it kind of is a show of ambition this summer from, from the Cronkies, the, the transfer, the way I generally look at without getting into too much detail, the way I generally look at these transfer decisions, isn't about how much you spend on transfer fees in any one window, the transfer kitty or the war chest. It's what you do to the rolling and ongoing total of wages and transfer fees. 
because transfer fees, as most people now know, are spread over the entire course of the contract. So if you if you pay a million, a hundred million pounds for a guy on a on a six year contract, you're, you're giving yourself some tough maths there. Well done. <laughs> no, you're, you're spending sixteen point six 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 million pounds. There you go. Love it. <laughs> on uh, oh, maths. Don't 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 start on me with maths. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about English or or social. Studies I was wondering when you said 100 million across. I was like, oh, if he goes for five years, he's got himself a good. But you, when you said six, I was like, oh, no, seven, <laughs> seven years would be 14.3 million. I mean, don't don't come at me, boy. But um, no, but you, uh, you know, you, so you're spending that much more money on an annual accounting basis. The mo- how whether the money goes out over two years, four years, six years, that's not what Arsenal look at. They look at the 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 annual finances, and you know, so sixteen million go out, then plus the wages that they pay each year. So you could sign a one hundred million pound player on one hundred twenty thousand a week, and then you can sign a forty million pound player, pay him two hundred fifty or three hundred thousand a week, like like a an Aubameyang type four years ago would have cost mm-hmm. somebody, and um, and and spend the same amount of money on an accounting basis every single year. So. I don't look at it that way. I look at what the the total player spend is. And since 2018, the cleanup that we've done with getting rid of all those high contracts that weren't producing for us, um, keeping players on a pretty good wage structure, and now rewarding our our, our future linchpins of our teams with, with fair and equitable pay and, and putting them at the top of the list – We've reduced our our annual wage bill and amortization on on new purchases from like 250 or 260 million down to under 200 million, and are now starting to build that back up. So, you know, we had room to 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 make all those signings of the last two summers and still have a lower total wage and player cost than we did five years ago when we had Mustafi and and you know the 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 dreck of players with awful contracts. Black as that. Yeah. yeah. Now, now this summer represents a, a place where if we do make three or four top signings and with significant transfer fees and wages that range between 100 and 250,000, I mean, I don't know how much Cancelo would be. And that's a name we haven't even brought up, but like, you know, he's used to making 250,000 a week. Yeah. If we start signing those kinds of players, our player costs will now rise to its highest level ever. But isn't that what we need to literally yeah. be competing? Well, our revenue to... will also be at its highest level ever. Well, our, our, yeah. I mean, our, our, we're, we're going to make a profit this year. Um, and that won't send people jumping for joy. But it's been about five or six years since we've turned a profit because we haven't had big European money. Now we have that, that. That won't take into account this summer, right? If we, when the finances come out. So, or will it? Um, well, I, I, I think we're going to just about break even for the year that's ending in two weeks. Uh, because we will, and that's with Europa League money. Next season, with Champions League money, I think we turn a profit. And that, and yeah, that does include anything that we might do over the summer, because again, you you don't just spend 200,000 and that takes away, or 200 million and that takes away 200 million of profitability. It's much more nuanced than that. So, um, So to answer your question, we have the money. But it is it is something of a leap of faith for the Cronkies to spend it. But I think more so than ever, this is a leap of faith that you yeah. have to take. And, and if they and don't, are they worthy of criticism? If if they don't significant, if they don't bring in two or three significant players that end up, I mean, you know, that that, that are expensive because they're good and they're the specific players we need, yeah. then yeah, I, I would leave them open for criticism. I wouldn't be calling for their heads, but I would certainly, yeah. this is not the time to start, you know, lowering our expenditures to, to, to get back to self-sufficiency. Yeah. This is the time to put us over the edge that we have grown and spent the last four years growing to. And I think that the one similarity between their American sports successes as, a, as, as JC ends up behind me um, and the, I can see this getting clipped for Sky Sky Sports, the, the finance expert. Be- yeah, yeah, finance is with Mike, and it's yeah. just a unicorn in the background. The uh, <laughs> yeah, the 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 difference between the American sports that they have now won championships in every single one of, and an Arsenal is that there is not a guaranteed profitability built in to the wage structure there, where they could spend as much money as they're legally allowed to over there and still turn a forty or fifty percent profit. It's how you spend the money. It's not whether you spend the money over there. Here, it's both. And, and and by here I mean over in London where you are, it's both. Uh, and and so I think they need to spend it. They need to sacrifice 
a little bit of profitability to get us to where we are uh, assured of competing with the Giants once again next season. Uh, our mutual friends, uh, Tom Sebel, uh, with the Super Gonna see him next right, week. Are you nice? Nice, lovely stuff. Says Mount Feinberg behind Mike is what we consider a huge elevation here in Florida. It's very flat out there. Then I should. Is that yeah. a, oh, speaking of Mount Feinberg, uh, and, and this is not going where you think it's going. Um, <laughs> no one's talking about Mason Mount anymore. Well, it's because his preference is Manchester United and Isn't Arsenal it? have kind of accepted. And that's why we're going for Havertz, by the I way. I thought his because... preference was to play with Declan Rice. Mm, yeah. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, that, um, that obviously the, the we moved for Mason Mount at the beginning, at the window, and that's that was kind of our priority, kind of forward, offensive-minded midfielder, if you like. After it's... You know, after his, his preference has been, you know, uh, Manchester United, which is fine. You know, players have different preferences. That's fine. We have to deal with that. Um, Declan Rice is, is Arsenal over Man City from the sounds of things. So that tells you kind of about the difference in in how different players feel. But I, I like the Havertz link, you know, Mason Mount. I like as a player as well. Um, and I would have happily seen him at Arsenal too. I'm intrigued about how Havertz ends up working out. I know he's not a player we're really touching upon today because I'm looking more at the, kind of the deeper areas of the midfield. But... Um, it is going to be intriguing how that midfield fits together next season. Um, couple, let's let's uh, we've got how long we've got left 10 minutes. Why don't we dedicate the last 10 minutes to uh, the chat box? So, if you've got any questions, uh, it's it's user question time. Um, you can get them into the chat box now. Um, Anesimos uh, says, Tom, you should really be taking a summer vacation before preseason starts and the transfers ramp up. I can't get to Florida, Mike. I'm sorry. Yeah, you enjoy yourself. <laughs> um, pool's but, waiting uh, for you. It's a lovely 88-degree <laughs> pool and 94-degree weather, so and, and I'm not translating but, uh, with you. I am taking actually a couple of holidays, but I am still going to be uh, hopefully producing some shows whilst on them. Uh, I'm going to Copenhagen next week um, mm. for a couple of days. Uh, the other half is out there for a conference. So I'm flying out there for three extra days, and then we're going to you know meet up and, and enjoy that. So, Did you say then... for three extra days or for free extra days, like you're not paying for them? Oh, no, no. It's for three extra days of my oh. expense. You know, oh, okay. it's what the members, thank you, members. <laughs> it's, uh, my wages are paying for that. Um, but uh, no, I am taking a, a little break, but I am going to hope to still produce the 8 a.m. show because it would actually be 9 a.m. there. So it actually makes it easier to record an 8 a.m. show whilst there. And then the other trip is down to the south uh, in the New Forest in Hampshire here in the UK for a week of glamping. Have you been glamping before, Mike? I glamping is too too much roughing it for me. I, I I refuse to go camping. I and and even even glamping is is I, I mean, does your glamping have a pool? Does it have a unicorn? I mean, like these are the things I need in my life and, and it I mean I can't do I can't do like eating food out of a can. Yeah. Uh, Jason, you were drunk, mate. I don't know what you're talking about. Um no idea. No idea what you're speaking about, mate. Um by the way, Jacob go. Fields in the chat, uh, who's clearly listening to this about 40 minutes off of, you know, like in, in uh, catching up. So he'll see this in 40 minutes time, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I You missed the part where I said I don't know anything about football. But, yeah, um, <laughs> the, uh, the the Nathan Aka did play for Chelsea, and that's when I identified him. When I when when Bournemouth signed him and he actually became good enough to, to get on Man City's radar, that was too late already. But yeah, I, I, Lewis Dunk, I'm getting it confused with somebody else who did play every minute of every game for, for Chelsea, but or for, uh, it's for amazing. World. It's like people on here, like jump on and go, doesn't know anything like they've never made a mistake in their entire lives. Well, and the, <laughs> thing, well, and the thing that these people don't know about me is I don't claim to know anything. <laughs> and he also doesn't care if he gets something wrong <laughs> no i don't because I, because because my brand is that you know every once in a while i pull something good out out and uh and and most of the rest of the time i'm just talking complete rubbish yeah my, my but, I do talking... it, I, but i have fun doing it that's you know yeah fun doing it talking to us from his other house in florida from inside a pool where he'll then be coming over to the uk and talking to us from inside highbury so do you tell me if you think he really cares about a little troll <laughs> online um <laughs> but it's a great name though to... I, like, I like his first name it's uh indeed uh keesby says even with the new signings does our starting 11 change apart from jack as replacement so say if we say if we sign say if party doesn't leave for instance we sign rice we sign havertz um we sign lavia we sign a right back let's say fresneda um we sign potentially a left back if tini leaves what 
changes, if anything? I think it's Rice would come in to the team. Rice walks into the team. Uh, I mean, even if we – is the question, like, even if we didn't lose Jaka and Partey or Jaka or, like, either one of them, I think the only person that – our starting 11 was probably the second best starting 11 in, in the league. I mean, that, you, you would hope that that would be the case with oh, the yeah. – with the team that yeah. finishes second, but for the first time in years, there's there's not a ton of players who should come in and automatically unseat. You could say that we could probably bring in a nine. There are nines in the world that that would make Gabriel Jesus a depth player or somebody that could go out to the wing. I mean that that position, ironically enough, since he was the savior last summer that came in and changed everything, he's the guy that you could probably most improve upon. Uh, left back. Uh, well, no, not if Zinchenko is healthy. So it, it, it'd be hard. But that's that's what we need, though. We need to bring in yeah, guys to do that. So <laughs> Rice strolls yeah. into the team. Um, depending on who we lose, they stroll into the team. But but uh, but we need to be signing guys that that yeah. that give us the ability to not have such a drop when we need, you know, depth from a replacement, from an injury, or from rotation. Mm, yeah. Is that okay, Jacob? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he knows his stuff. Uh, Ray Beam. Says, He'll answer uh, in about 45 minutes as well when he gets to this part of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, what do you think the plan is with Fabio Vieira? Uh, he gets a pass for his poor, mainly first season, but how much time before the loan slash sale is warranted yet to be convinced, as you can tell? Uh, I think this is the type of thing where he starts with the team. Uh, we hopefully... Turn to your left quickly. Very quick, turn to your left just oh it doesn't work i was hoping that the horn would kind of poke oh. out directly <laughs> there you go there we go hold on and find it there it is <laughs> you know those things um, you've been saying about mike that yeah he is that now <laughs> I, I i would say i mean i don't think he's getting sent on loan this summer but if we are able to this is going to sound pretty bad but if we're if we're able to keep him off the pitch until january because health and quality of other players allows us to do that then i think you could see him going on loan in january and i think that would be good for him yeah um, I, I think that's a great great answer i think that that makes sense that the you know for the first half of the season let's see what happens let's see what minutes he gets if he's not getting any minutes there's nothing wrong with allowing him to leave on loan if we feel that we've got enough depth you know and if he's if not getting minutes. enough minutes because he just can't break into the squad because there are players in front of him who who are playing better and and not getting hurt that's a good thing. That's a really good thing. Mm. Yeah. Sambo yeah, Lukaku should have learned that. But yeah, it's a good thing. Uh, Mr. Maths Academy says, what price do you think I'll start a living? We'll go for oh. Right, we're going to do this quick fire. I'm going to give you each player. You don't think in time. You've got to say a number, million-wise. So, I love yeah. that name. Mr. Smith's Maths How much? How much would I be comfortable selling them for? Or how much do you yeah, think let's if, say, if, 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 this is if the, the club said we're get. selling them? Yeah, you don't yeah. get a choice in the matter. Yeah, I know, I know. But this is saying if you charge the club and you got, you, you have to name the figure to a, like to sell the player. Wow, so this is going to make me look like a real homer, I think. But <laughs> Ramsdale, seventy-five million. Ben White. So, I mean, someone called Pickford a one hundred million pound player, and, and <laughs> so if he's a hundred. If he's a hundred million pound player, then Rams then, then Ramsdale's ninety to one hundred and ten. But yeah. I don't believe either one of us. All right, like, who are we going? Quick, come on, Ben White. I know, sorry. Who? Ben White? Ben White. 60. Well, you bought it for 50. I know, well. <laughs> sorry, no, I should, I'm, I'm interjecting. To be fair, DJ Assassin also agreed with you, 60 million. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, DJ, when DJ Assassin agrees with you, you know you're on the right track. Saliba, we've just signed up to a brand new five-year deal. 120 million. I couldn't hear you. Gabrielle, sorry. Gabrielle, 65. Mm, I'd go at T for me. Uh, Zinchenko. 72. Oh, interesting. Uh, same play then. Interesting number. Um, Partey. 30. Jacka. Seems to be thirteen. Uh, it seems to be thirteen. I, I I'd like to say twenty, but it seems that he's he's being given his ability to dictate where he goes. So yeah, twenty. Is my mic wrong? Is something going wrong? Yeah, yeah, you 
You suddenly sound like a cartoon character. It, it was hilarious. First, first I couldn't hear you, and I was worried that like my internet was going out. Secondly, you start, yeah, then you started sounding like like a Disney character. Still sounding like a Disney character. No, now your voice is fine, but it's but it's coming in and out. <laughs> I, I thought I was the only person hearing that. I've switched mics and there's still a problem. It can't be to do with the microphone then. Now Please, you're, back to, you're, back, you're back to normal. Okay, cool. Right, great. <laughs> I'm going to have to check how that sounded. That's interesting. Um, so what did you say for Xhaka, sorry? Uh, I said 18.6. Okay, specific. Odegaard. Tom Cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> Odegaard, uh, honestly, 100, 110 million. Yeah, uh, Saka. Hundred and eighty. Uh, and I and, and and if we were presented one hundred and eighty as still Arsenal fan, I would I would not want to sell him for that. Yeah, give us yeah. two fifty. Give us Neymar money, and maybe we'll talk about it. Martinelli. Ninety-three point two one million paid over four mm. years. I was going to say ninety three point one nine, so we were pretty close. Yeah, I mean, um, I, you know, I outbid you by a little bit, but yeah. Uh, and Jesus, that's an interesting one because I don't know yeah, that he's done much to in increase his value to where he'd be a seventy or eighty yeah, million pound player. Length and as good like as he was, there are as many strikers out there at the moment. Yeah, well, as good as he was when he was good this season, <laughs> you know, before his injury, um, I, we bought him for what forty five or fifty five. I, I mean, I'd say probably 53, 54 at this point. Yeah, I I was saying 60 plus, I think. Uh, but, and you know, that I think would get Arsenal over the line to maybe bidding for a, a Aussie man, a Kola Moani potentially, you know. So maybe that it might be worth doing. If, but I don't see that happening. You know, I don't see anyone coming in for him. Maybe maybe Saudi Arabia. <laughs> have to wait and see. Um, oh, but Saudi Arabia, triple, treble. Sorry. Yeah, every every figure we've come up with, triple it for, yeah. for, for Saudi side comes in. Um, we're going to end the show there. Thank you so much, everybody that's tuned in. Sorry for the slight mic issues, although it sounds like it was more of a treat than a, an issue for you. Um, but thank you, everybody that's tuned in. Uh, do indeed drop a like on the video and uh subscribe this as i said has been concurrently over a thousand of you listening for a which for a show that we planned about half an hour before we went live you know it's it's great um, when we when so, we do that we get somewhere in the neighborhood of, of four to twelve people i mean it's we get well, we get dozen and dozen of persons <laughs> dozens and dozens no just dozen um, not dozens what, what, not where are we at in subscriber wise you're just over 3k subs let's see if we can get it up to like 3.1 uh if you're not subscribed to the gunas pods let's see if we can do a challenge how, how many subscribers can we get going over to the gunas pod so at the gunas pods is where you need to go to get it um mike and is follow, there follow us on twitter because that's when you're going to find out when we pod we're we're I, I say this every month and then i and then i lie but yeah. we're gonna we're gonna start doing some of the the, the old-fashioned gunas pod content again guest interviews i mean the one thing that we're good at the one thing is getting really, really good and interesting guests to talk to and uh, and interesting conversations. And we've kind of yeah. fallen off that in the last year or so for various personal and and uh, business reasons on my part. But uh, but we're, we're looking to get back into that because that's what I truly, truly love much more than breaking down transfers. And I mean, with you always, but mm. uh, but yeah, yeah we're going to no, we're going to put out some interesting content and we'll be covering in a very major way the, the Arsenal summer tour uh, in, in D.C., New York and la so and i'm actually going straight from la to london oh really you're for, and i'll be there for the for th with any of you for this trip i'll be, uh the dc part is that it <laughs> yeah the uh and, and yeah i'll be i'll be there for the emirates cup the 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 um community, the community shield. shield and the season opener against uh uh Nottingham Forest. You better not come to the Nottingham Forest game because anything Nottingham Forest and you turns out miserable. Hey, I was at the five nil win earlier this like in the season. Yeah, but you've also been to like we've lost to them nine times out of ten that you've yeah. been. There, so yeah, we, I, we, I watched them lose in the FA Cup. I watched them lose one nil. Obviously, when we both hold on, you went to that game as well. <laughs> so, I, I was kind of at that game. I wasn't truly. Yeah, you was, you weren't very conscious. <laughs> I slept through that game just like Arsenal did. If if anyone, I don't know if Dan Potts posted that picture anywhere, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. No, maybe. the ginger fella posted that picture on his Instagram story. So, so people have seen it. 
one of the fellas uh right thank you uh so much everybody that's tuned in um we will see i'll see you tomorrow morning at 8am of course as always um mike of course you can find him at the gunas pods make sure you're subbed if you're not already and uh yeah you'll see people like owen of course who does our eat sleep arsenal repeat shows jared is a good friend of the show of course andy and mike kurtz as well and aston is appearing yeah. at all, aston's uh, been well. carrying the podcast over the last three months I've seen, yeah, he did a show with Andy, actually uh, turned up for a show. I mean, that's fair. He's done two in 13 days, according to the, the show. So that's a record. It must be. <laughs> he's he's the most prolific podcaster I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so insulting. Um, but thank you, everybody, for tuning in, as I've said a few times already. But, um, yeah, final things, obviously. Uh, I've got news of a fundraiser that I want to talk to you about, uh, hopefully tomorrow, um, in aid of Cancer McMillan Support, which obviously is a charity we hold very dear to our hearts here at TGT. Um, and I've got some stuff coming up to talk to you about that now that I've had some confirmation. I'm hoping, I'm really hoping to bring you news of, of, of some more exciting projects that are coming up over the summer as well. Uh, but yes, to get up to date with all of the tour stuff, if you're based in the States, there's one man that you need to make sure you're linking up with, and that's Mike. And then, uh, I, I remember at the, the Forest game where I literally, someone messaged me saying, do you know anyone like going to the game and uh, the, not the Forest game and they're coming over from the States and I sent them your way and then lo and behold, they were there when I got there. So it clearly, it clearly works. So yes, yeah, fantastic. That's right. And then there was another couple who recognized me and then like, I'm like, and not me. Know, like, no, we haven't we haven't met this guy. And I was like, <laughs> you literally loved that. Oh, you loved I, I, that situation I, so much. Oh, that was the best, that was the best moment of my life. And the and the final moment that day that I actually recall. But the uh yeah, the I'm like, this guy is literally 475 times the footprint on the world that I have, and you just recognize me and have no idea who this guy is. So it was uh, it was beautiful. It was a great moment, and I had a good conversation as well. And it's good, it's always good speaking to uh, to fellow Arsenal fans, especially those from abroad. Um, it's always good speaking to the civilians. The civilians. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me, we're going to wrap this up before he starts to cross the line. We'll see you soon, guys. Have a great day, and as always, keep. I was going to say keep following down the Arsenal way. He's messed my head up, but as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.